Previously on the Black and Blue Report. Kind enough to join us is Darren Urban. He's been with us before. Darren's the senior manager and writer for azcardinals.com. Everybody knows about Drew Brees and his ability to throw the ball and the Saints' ability to be relatively wide open. And, and again, I think a lot of people are waiting to see when it counts while their first team defenses look very good in the preseason, what it looks like when it counts against a quarterback like Drew Brees. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. The Black and Blue Report is yours for this Wednesday. Greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive. I'm Sean Kelly, and we are set to go today to talk uh, Saints football. A little Pelicans, too. We'll do that a little bit later in the show, but uh, certainly we are now fully into game week for the New Orleans Saints, and that is, uh, I think that's got everybody a little extra um, fired up around the facility here. Now that we've uh, kind of turned the corner from the preseason to the Labor Day weekend, Wednesday is going to be a great day. Quarterback Drew Brees is scheduled to speak to the media later this afternoon, so you'll want to check that out on your Saints app and at NewOrleansSaints.com, and uh, we'll be we'll be <laughs> we'll be fired up and ready to go um, as we get closer and closer to the weekend. Jen Hill from the NFL on Fox is a part of our program today, and we'll also get some perspective on the Saints from Nick Underhill. He's a beat writer covering the Saints for the Advocates, and it'll be his first time on the show here this uh, this uh, Wednesday. All right, this morning, head coach Sean Payton spoke with the media for the first time this week and for the first time since getting the roster down toward what is looking more like the 53. I think there's still some tweaking to go on, um, but for the most part, he is now in regular season mode as the team already preparing for Arizona and uh, will likely hold his daily uh, press briefings via a conference call at 8.30 a.m., uh, that's today, tomorrow, and Friday as it's scheduled right now. So with Coach Payton already having uh, spoke with the media today, I want to share some of those comments with you here in our first segment of the Black and Blue Report. Look, I know Jarris Bird's been on a lot of people's minds. I think that we learned a little bit more um, when Bird did not show up on the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list, <coughs> Excuse me, following the weekend. So with that being said, uh, Coach Payton started this morning by commenting on uh, – where Jarvis Bird stands with regard to his roster spot at the moment. Well, I I think I think it was real simple. Um, I don't I don't have the exact timeline, but the it was as simple as just weighing six weeks or less than that if we felt like it was going to be less than that. And, and obviously, there's a strong sentiment that it's going to be less than that, and that was something that was discussed. Uh, but I think after visiting with the doctors and spending time with him, um, it, it was really uh, a non-topic. But but nonetheless, was something. Look at 3 p.m. on Saturday; it expired. You know, it was right. either going to be PUP or or 53. But we feel confident that uh, that he's going to be playing uh, before that six-week mark. I think when we look at the roster, or at least what transpired of the weekend, I think that most of us who are around this team just about every day weren't really surprised by um, the moves that were made and what this 53 has ended up looking like. I, I, I guess there would be a raising of the eyebrow at the very least about Stanley Jean-Baptiste, the second-round pick from a year ago, uh, released by the Saints now on the practice squad of another team. Uh, Coach Payton today commented for the first time about uh, letting go of that investment. Well, I I think that 
obviously, you know, we're disappointed. Uh, you get frustrated, and you know, it, it's 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 one of those decisions. Look, it, there were times where you see progress, and other times where you just felt like you weren't seeing the same consistency on a regular basis you needed. You know, I thought during training camp there were there were spots where he was making some strides and and yet not to the uh not not enough and look when you have an investment like a second round picking a player like that uh it's difficult to do and yet um you know we felt it was the best thing for us as a team when it came down to putting together our secondary and part of that is hey does does a guy can he play in the kicking game and be an asset not a liability can he and you know so look you you obviously uh you value those picks especially those ones that are that early and and uh it didn't work out and while uh SJB was a second round draft pick uh the roster of course is made up of di- many different parts and notably during the Mickey Loomis Sean Payton era uh key parts have come via undrafted free agents, and we've been tracking that all during training camp, especially with the defensive line position group. And this this group's turning out to be possibly pretty special. You know, we're talking about guys like Tavares Barnes and Bobby Richardson, and then when you, uh, Sean Mabry, when you mix that in with, you know, a couple guys that were drafted, Tyler Davison, Davis Tull, that group, th- this this young group, and they are young and untested at this point, um, shows a lot of promise, and Coach Payton talked about um, those guys make not only making the team, or and perhaps then what that group will contribute uh, here in the early going. Well, I thought it was a good camp for them. I thought that was one group that, man, all of a sudden we hit on a few. Whether it was Richardson, whether it was Mabry Yules, uh, you know, uh, obviously we drafted Davidson. Um, you know, all those guys. Uh, all those guys at some point during camp, you know, did some things that, that really uh, uh, impressed. Barnes is another one, you know, and, and so now they're different players. Um, but I would say it, and those are hard positions to find, whether you're drafting or trying to sign in free agency. And, and so we were pleased with that group. Uh, that's as good a young group as we've signed uh, in the 10 years I've been here. Now we'll see how they, they progress, but, um, you know, in, in talking with each one of them, uh, I think that they're genuinely excited for the opportunity. We'll see how, uh, how much playing time these guys get and, and how we utilize them. Well, we've certainly had fun talking about guys with local ties, haven't we? I mean, Delvin bro has been just a fantastic story during training camp, and now we have another guy on the roster now, with local ties, and that's Michael Motti, who comes to us from Mandeville High School, of course, son of Rich. And uh, Motti was uh, picked up after being let go by the Vikings. Uh, Coach Payton talked about uh, what Motti brings to the table here, uh, not just as a local guy, but obviously as a football player. Yeah, I know that um, I'm not as familiar with his high school background. Uh, I know where he played. I know he played at Mandeville High, and, and, uh, and I'd heard his name before living over there. But when the weekend came, one of the challenges is the final cutdown with every team, let's give or take, say, uh, moving 22 off the roster. I know some of those go to injuries or suspensions, but but really uh, 
ballpark 22 uh, players from 32 clubs. That happens by 3 p.m. our time Saturday. That information we get, I'm going to say, within the hour. And uh, and then quickly we're trying to look closely at the handful of targeted players that we might have graded from – that we would have graded from all those other clubs. So there's kind of an anticipated list that we have up. Now, that's not etched and sewn because that's our – projections and yet there are always changes to that once the those cuts are released but michael was a player that uh that we valued as a special teams player but also uh, as a linebacker he's physical his tape was impressive um and really it wasn't until i would say saturday night i mean saturday when you get that final cut down and you feel like you have wiggle room on your roster and we felt like we did then that last wire, I think, can be um, can be important, and and so we spent a lot of time on him. We spent a lot of time on Oboom. We spent. I mean, uh, there's so many different players to cover at different positions that you know you're really trying to 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 watch their preseason tape and then last year's tape if there is any. Um, but he's a guy that played inside linebacker, Mike for them, played some uh, outside for them, but uh, we view him as, a, as an inside player. I think he's a great communicator. He's tough. Um, so we, we were excited. We were, uh, we were awarded that claim. Well, Coach Payton mentioned uh, Michael Maudie's uh, contributions possibly on special teams. Let's stay with special teams for a moment. Obviously, we tracked the kicking battle all throughout camp between Hawker and Hopkins. Hawker ends up being the guy as uh, Hopkins was let go, and Sean Payton spoke this morning about Hawker winning that kicking battle throughout camp. I think it was real close. I mean, you guys know that. Um, I don't know that we went in with any – I don't know that we went in with a preconceived idea of who we thought might be. Each of them had some traits that we liked. Uh, I would say one of the strengths of Zach is he's got a very consistent – stroke and if we just watched in a real tight copy him kick the ball it would be hard to tell when he's attempting a 45 yard field goal or when he's attempting a 20 yard field goal it's a very consistent consistent swing pattern um i think hitting the field goals early in the preseason for him uh, obviously were a big confidence boost uh and yet uh obvious you know obviously it came down to the wire and and um, I don't think we factored in kickoff. You know, both of those guys, you know, were able to put the ball into the end zone. Um, Thomas is, is a luxury we don't take for granted because of the way he can handle the kickoff duties. But uh, ultimately, you, you try to. It's the one position that you, you do, you, you can chart and chart everyone from hash mark to, and you can punch it all into a computer and you can spit it all out and get results. And the only thing you can't do with that when it's practice snaps is you can't value it the same as you would a game, if that makes sense. So there's probably not enough kicks in a game. And at some point, any of these kickers that we're, we're seeing, you know, had to kick for their first time. And, uh, you know, we, we're confident he's going to do a good job. 
And finally, here's Coach Payton talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, as we get further in the week, he'll be asked more and more about this weekend's opponent, but these are basically the initial thoughts about opening against a team that had double-digit wins a year ago. Well, we've got a, we've got a handful. Or I think in the early part of the schedule, we've got a handful of 10-win or more teams. I think that uh, Arizona certainly uh, had a great year last year. It's a playoff team. Uh, I think Bruce does a fantastic job. It's an aggressive defense with a lot of different pressure packages. Uh, they're fast, and I would say uh, they they do a lot of things and a lot of things well. Um, offensively, it's a, it's a team that uh, you'd say is built around big plays. They've got some speed, obviously, uh, real good speed at receiver, two good running backs, and and, and I would say Carson, uh, you know, really makes it all go. He's got good timing and anticipation. I think that Bruce has done a great job and their staff of uh, putting the package together offensively that really suits them all right so there you have it those are uh six different uh, chunks if you will from this morning's uh, session between coach payton and the media saints on the practice field midday today the usual uh, wednesday routine and then as i mentioned saints quarterback drew Brees addresses the media this afternoon um and you'll want to check that out of course at neworleansaints.com and on your saints mobile app we'll take our first time out when we come back uh nick underhill from the advocate will be followed by Jen Hale from the NFL on Fox. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue on this uh, Wednesday. i got to get my days straight. Labor Day still got me all kind of screwed up. But we are now fully into the Saints week as they prepare for the Cardinals, as we mentioned, on Sunday. You've been reading Nick Underhill's stuff from the uh, the Advocate. I, I, I don't know whether, Nick, we should call it the Advocate or the New Orleans Advocate because there's also a Baton Rouge. Well, the Baton Rouge Advocate would be just the Advocate, right? It, we're statewide. Okay. It's all the same. I just want to make sure we're branding correctly here. Whatever works is good with us. Second year for you on the beat, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, and it's a much different season than it was last year, to say the least. Um, so, I'm, I'm sure for you, uh, year one to year two was was at least entertaining in the, in the fact that um, you have quite a new ball club that you're covering right now. 
Yeah, and the thing is with this team, we're going into week one, and I'm still not sure what to make of them. So many unanswered questions. You know, is Jarris Bird, when's he going to be back, C.J. Spiller? All these guys we spent the uh, winter talking about are kind of on hold. So going into week one is kind of more of a soft opening than the real opening. I think it's going to be a couple of weeks before we really see what this team's going to be. And, you know, I'm interested to see. I got high hopes for the secondary, but we'll kind of see how it comes together. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, I think all throughout Labor Day weekend, I had so many people asking me, so what's this team going to be like? Are they going to be any good? And I kept saying, I don't know. And I didn't mean I don't know in a negative way. It was truly, I don't know. Um, I think this offense is going to score the ball without a problem. But as you mentioned, because of the injuries of the secondary and, um, and the promise of the defensive front, untested though, um, that's where I get the I don't know part. It, are we are we being fair in that assessment, do you think? No, I think it's definitely right. And that even just some of those guys on offense, you know Brandon Cooks is going to be good. You assume Marcus Colston is still going to do Marcus Colston things. But is Brandon Coleman going to be the answer is that number three receiver? Is Willie Sneed going to be the guy we saw throughout the summer? I mean, you could go down the roster and at every spot there's questions. And then defensively, are they going to be able to get after the quarterback? Are they going to have to design blitzes to, to get pressure? Can the four guys just get after the quarterback? I mean, these are all things that – we're going to start finding out this week. But again, without that secondary, you got the injuries. Are they going to be able to give the front seven enough time to get after the quarterback? Mm -hmm. So we're just going to kind of have to see how everything unfolds. No doubt about that. I'm sure you're ready to cover regular season stuff. I yes. know um, all of us in some way, but you guys, especially as the beat writers, that number one storyline during training camp is finding the 53. Um, and so you're charting 90 players throughout an entire training camp. So I'm sure you're you're happy that it's now 53 and 10 that you're worried about. Yeah, there's a lot of guys of to worry about. Yeah, a lot of guys. I don't think they're done tweaking the 53-man yet. Um, when do you think that happens? In the next week, two? What's your, what's your best guess? Well, just given out the CBAs after week one, they bring guys in. Their contracts aren't guaranteed. So if somebody like a Hakeem Nix who worked out yesterday – comes on the team I think that would be more of a next week move so then you aren't tied to him you you don't take on more dead money if things don't work out uh, I don't think they can go forward with just four receivers all year two tight ends uh, if Bird doesn't play they only got three safeties mm -hmm. so I, I would expect some moves in, in those areas uh, in particular okay all right well, I mean obviously we'll be tracking those as we go along here Nick Underhill with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Nick, when the when the cuts came out over the weekend and you kind of started to see what the 53 was going to be kind of like because we're not quite there yet, nothing really – I didn't really – they all made sense to me. Were there, were there any cuts, though, that you scratched your head at or did everything kind of fall like you thought it would? Uh, the only one that really kind of surprised me was Gene Baptiste, just given his draft stock. Mm -hmm. I, I think his play and being off the team is completely warranted, but just being a second-round pick of a year ago, I, I thought he would get another year. We saw some things from him in camp where there were hints of him looking better, but as Sean Payton said this morning, this, the consistency wasn't there. And then against Green Bay, he had some issues. And then you saw Sean kind of go after him a little bit on the sideline. So – Maybe that was foreshadowed, and I was just being ignorant by being like, there's no way they're going to cut a second-round pick this quick. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing. I mean, if they're willing to admit their mistakes, move on from them, get better, that, that's what good teams do. you got to be a little bit shrewd, and that was a shrewd move. So, it, you know, along with getting rid of Junior Gallette, it just seems like this offseason they've been committed to maybe admitting their mistakes and getting rid of them instead of trying to camouflage them and make an issue bigger than it needs to be. Yeah, more maybe more importantly, just doing the right thing for a football team. Right. I, I thought Coach Payton, we, we heard this clip back in segment one, him talking about the cutting of uh, Gene Baptiste. Uh, I thought it was right on the money. I, I thought it was honest, candid, and let's, let's keep moving. Uh, 
which was great. I, I'm glad he addressed it head on like he did. What else about Sean's comments this morning uh, struck you in any way? I know it was the first of probably three different availabilities for the media this week with the head coach, but was there anything else that stood out this morning as to what he said? Well, the one thing I asked him about the safeties, because I thought if Bird doesn't play, they need to get another free safety in here after uh, getting rid of Kenny Phillips. He said he feels comfortable with what they have, so we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, as far as anything standing out, uh, him saying that he would not let Drew Brees <laughs> wrestle another gator or crocodile or whatever it was, I mean, that, that's that's big. I thought it was kind of interesting. He uh, maybe didn't know exactly what was happening there, so it wasn't a SeaWorld trip. It was kind of a little bit more real, so... Hopefully we don't see Drew fighting wild animals again. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and, and part of me wonders about um, that show. I think it's probably a little more real than other shows, but let's be honest, I would imagine that quite a bit of it is staged, wouldn't you say? I, I'm Did sure. you watch the episode? I kind of watched Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll get around to it. Yeah. I, I, I saw the YouTube clips. Uh, he was carrying, he was, was it a gator or a crocodile? A crocodile. Crocodile, yep. I mean. You know, it's maybe a little intimidating. You see a quarterback with a crocodile over his shoulder. That's better than, you know, some of the pictures of maybe Matt Ryan dressed up in a, as a woman on Halloween. So True, true. So, or I mean, better yet, a crocodile with Drew Brees over its shoulder. That yeah, would be definitely. That would not be a good thing. No, right. No. Um, give me your storylines for the week. What, 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 what things from your, from your vantage point are you going to be looking at as we progress toward the weekend now? Biggest things are still just I, I want to see that pass rush come together uh, on Sunday. I mean, that's a Sunday thing. Mm -hmm. Brandon Coleman's another big storyline this week. Is is he the guy that he was against the Packers or the other three games where it was kind of silent? Uh, I think those are the two biggest things for me this week. And then the health of Burden Spiller, but it's probably unlikely they'll play this week. But, I mean. Yeah, we'll know more with the injury report as the right. week progresses. Um, let me leave you with a, with a tough one. It may be an easy one for you. Um, and I'm taking Brandon Cooks off the table. Is there a breakout player on this Saints roster right now that either you you saw it coming before camp or it emerged during camp that, that say, midway or even the end of the season, we're going to say, wow, that was pretty incredible what that, what that guy did? Is saying Delvin Bro cheating? Is no, that too obvious? No, I don't think so. I, I think he's probably better than I ever expected. I mean, and then just as camp went on, he continued to get better and We'll see how it goes, but some of the things we saw, I, I don't know if the gap between the number one cornerback and him as the number three cornerback is really that large. Wow. That's saying a lot. There's no doubt about that. Not to mention he's a great guy, too. Oh, I enjoy being around him. Amazing story. So humble. Yeah, Just, and a local kid, which, which makes it great. Speaking of local kids, I can't wait to talk to Michael Maudie this week. Because I think that's another pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep bringing in the local guys. Good stories. Yeah, it's good for us. <laughs> you know, there's bringing in local guys just because they're local guys, but then there's bringing in local guys who can help you. Right. And that's and that's the cool thing here. So, how can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Nick underscore Underhill. Very good. He's with the Advocate and covers the Saints. We'll take a break and we'll get back with Jen Hale from the NFL on Fox right after this. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? 
Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. <gasps> this is the Black and Blue Report. Jen Hale's about to begin her fifth season with the NFL on Fox. Uh, we're very lucky to have her still with us in-house uh, most every week before she jets off to the next NFL city. And so before she jets off for the first time this regular season, she's kind enough to stop by again for Black and Blue Report. Hello. Hello. I know I can't believe five years. I almost didn't catch it. And at our seminar this year, Dick Stockton was the one who said, boy, this is number year number five for you, isn't it? And I said, gosh, time flies when you're having fun. He was one of those guys that kind of took you under his wing and said, okay, you're an excellent sideline reporter. Let's show you kind of the Fox way, wasn't it? I mean, that's kind of how it started with him, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, my first season, I was a fill-in, so I shuffled around to a bunch of different crews, which in one way was good because mm -hmm. I got to meet a lot of different folks, and that's actually the first time I met Dick. And then the next year, I was on his crew full-time with John Lynch as our analyst. And, yes, Dick was phenomenal. I, I think he kind of raised both John and I in the – sporting news sense uh just a wealth of information and and he loves bringing along the next generation so at least at fox i think you're hard pressed to find any talent that he hasn't had an impact on probably so and i, I know he's part of their lineup again this year um and that's a great piece of news and on that front they've got those two veterans there and sam rosen and, and dick stockton uh, and then for a while there you like you said you bounced around a little bit but now you've found some consistency and you're going to have just the old family back together again on your crew this year. Exactly. That's a great word for it, family. That's what we feel like it is. This will be my third season with uh, Chris Myers, a play-by-play -play announcer that a lot of folks here in New Orleans will remember from his days at WWL. Uh, this will be our second season with Rondé Barber as analyst. Uh, three years ago, it was Tim Ryan. Uh, and, and the same producer, director, surrounding cast all the same so it's it's fantastic to have that type of continuity and sean you know from from us doing pelicans it does it becomes family when you're traveling together every week and navigating the uh surprising challenges that pop up on the road so we're all very excited to be back together and looking forward to build on what we thought was a really good season for our crew last yeah, year. yeah we thought so too and watching and we're going to be uh very blessed to have you and your crew for two early saints games this season i i get a lot of questions jen about so how do they determine who is, who's going to announce the games? And, and, you know, is it a Fox game? Is it a CBS game? How does this all work? And um, basically, and you correct me if I'm wrong, basically the first eight weeks of the season are laid out. We already know now 
who those crews will be through the first, is it eight weeks? Yes, exactly. Okay. Got my first eight weeks probably a month ago, actually. Okay. So weeks two and three, though, you have the New Orleans Saints. I do. I was very excited to see that because, unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way for me. So week two here at home. It's home a home opener. game for yes. you. Yes. I get to play hostess for the crew, so I'm trying to decide where to take them. If anybody has any great ideas, um, opening up against the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, in the Superdome. And then uh, we'll be in Carolina, Panthers versus Saints on week three. Sure. Should we give out your Twitter handle just in case people want to make that suggestion? <laughs> sure. At JenHale504. Jen with just one N. At J-E-N-H-A-L-E-504. Last year I took him to Revolution and to, um, of course, Drago's and to, oh, what's the restaurant on Oak Street? I'm forgetting the name of. Giacomo's. Um, Giacomo's. Thank you. Um, and Rondé Barber came and worked out with me at New Orleans Extreme Fitness, and Chris Myers went and played tennis out at the Metairie Country Club. And so this year, I got to come up with some new experiences. Wow. Yeah, you do. Um, it'll still be rather warm week two when you're yes, hosting them probably. for the home weekend. So, yeah, I, you know, we'll see. We're not quite to festival time yet, although there was a big one this past weekend over the Labor Day weekend. But I think we calmed down for a little bit until the heat calms down. So you'll have to manufacture some of those experiences again. I know you can do it. I'm sure it'll be no problem here in this city. I know. And you are you are tied into a lot of those activities, that's for <laughs> I sure. I try. I try. It's only part of my job. You know, it's only being responsible. So that's weeks two and three. Where's week one? Week one, heading down to Jacksonville. So Panthers and Jaguars. Uh, what's nice for me is really the first five weeks, um, I see a lot of NFC South teams. Uh, Jaguars not being one, of course, but the but the Panthers are. And then um, I'll see the Bucks. I'll see uh, the Atlanta Falcons in that first five-week time span. So it'll give me a good gauge of how the NFC South is doing. And, and also, selfishly, it makes travel easier. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I like how they've re regionalized that a touch for you guys. Yeah, it seems like the first five weeks were NFC South. Then we move up to the north um, for most of October. And then we don't know November and December yet. That'll shake out kind of in two-week chunks. Is there a stadium you have not been to yet to do a game? Yes. I have not been to the Giant Stadium. And I believe that's the only one, actually. Really? Yep. Wow. Well, I guess in four so. years you can kind of make your way around the league. Yeah, because it's the, the broadcast crew is determined by the visiting team. Well, this has been the rule forever. It's actually changing a little bit this year. But up until this year, the the visiting team determined the network that had the game. So Whether they were AFC or NFC. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Um, so we got to see uh, um, some AFC teams when we had a, a an NFC team being the visitors and this year that is changing somewhat but but for the most part that'll be true and you've done London too haven't you done London yeah, as well see. that was a great trip yeah. right before the uh, Pelican season started so um, I got off a plane and slept for about four hours and then we had the Pelican season <laughs> yeah you didn't kind of hit the ground fueled up there I can remember that um, I went to Lambeau last week obviously with the Saints playing the Packers uh, away from, uh, if I'm going to be away from home to cover an NFL game, that's got to be the top of my list right now. That was incredible. And that you whole went experience. at the right time of year. Oh, you bet I did. <laughs> I do not want to go to Green Bay any other time than late August, early September, I think. So that was very cool. So I have not been to nearly as many as you have. Is Has there been a favorite over the years? Oh, wow. Favorite. Um, <sighs> you know, I was... I'll say I was surprised when I went to Kansas City. The tradition was so rich. You almost felt like it was kind of like a college game day experience. And I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I will say Seattle was impressive 
being an LSU graduate and, and a lifelong Saints fan, you know, you, you hear about the noise in Seattle, and I thought, really, wow, impress me. Try. Come on. Um, and I'm not going to say it was louder than here or louder than Death Valley and Baton Rouge, but I would say it was very close. And for an outdoor stadium and an NFL fan base, I, I was surprised and impressed. It really was a significant factor in the way that stadium's made. Um, it traps the sound as well. So anytime I have to turn the volume all the way up on my earpiece and blast my eardrums just to hear my announcers, you know, it's a loud place. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Kansas, I agree about Kansas City, too. If you were to make a bucket list, like, let's say, top five NFL cities you've got to hit. I think Kansas City, surprisingly, to most, but not to those who have been there, would be on that list. I loved it. Yeah, tailgating the whole nine yards, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. the whole town, that, that Friday, the whole town was red. Everybody wore red to work. Um, you really, again, I, I kind of felt like I was on, on a camp, college campus for a game. What's going to be new with the NFL on Fox this year? What it was discussed at your meetings, um, and how will you handle the early season storylines that are – quite dramatic here as of late with the NFL. Yes, there are many dramatic storylines. And there are some some positive and good storylines as well. Um, you know, we saw Tara, Sarah Thomas make her debut uh, in one of the Saints preseason games, uh, first female referee. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the league and Roger Goodell and if anything really changes after the whole Deflategate scenario. Um, as far as the NFL on Fox and, and any changes, uh, one fun thing is our, our pregame show is now going to be two hours long on um, on your Fox channel, on your local Fox channel. So we're excited to have two hours of programming. So we'll be able to bring you more feature stories. Last year I did one on uh, Carolina Panthers tight end Greg Olson and his little son TJ was battling a severe heart defect. And, and that was a great story. I love getting to do those features that, that take fans kind of inside the personal side of players. So uh, with two hours versus one hour this season, we're going to have time for a lot more of those. Um, I'm hoping, of course, to get to some great ones here in New Orleans, mm -hmm. maybe Brandon Cooks or Benjamin Watson and the book he's got coming out. Uh, so I think that's going to be really good for Fox. Um, we're all still adjusting to Thursday night football and how that – changes the lineup for us there's one week fox actually is only broadcasting four games at least at the moment um it's different we've always had at least five on a sunday so okay. now we may get a game back but but it's it, it's a changing time so it's it's interesting to watch and it's it's um challenging but also rewarding to adjust to the, to how the uh, economy and the landscapes varying now any more access for you all on the sidelines or are the rules kind of still the same are pretty much the same you know we get more access uh actually in the nba than we do in the nfl um but we get more time with the teams for nfl my my typical schedule is i'll leave new orleans usually thursday night spend all day friday watching practice of the home team and interviewing uh the coach the quarterback a couple of offensive players a couple of defensive key playmakers um and then reverse that on Saturday with the visiting team. Uh, they usually don't do walkthroughs anymore when they arrive in the cities that they're playing in if you're the visiting team. So we'll watch their game from the week before Saturday morning and then head over to the team hotel and, and spend the afternoon in interviews. So by the time Sunday rolls around, you really have a good inside grasp of all the latest, greatest tweaks, additions, plans, uh, and that part's always fun. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, keep up the great work. Um we're glad to have you for weeks three, that's for sure. So we'll be hitting you up again for a preview, you and Chris Myers and the guys. How's we that? would love it, absolutely. And then uh, safe travel to Jacksonville, although that's another outdoor venue, and I'm sure Jacksonville will be a light weather, uh, light clothing uh, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. venue for you this week. Yes, I'll pack the sunscreen 
heavily. <laughs> it's, it's fun watching Jen throughout the uh, football season because we watch her adjust to climate as we go. And, of course, uh, guys like David Wesley and myself are never afraid to comment on whether or not Jen had to wear four pairs of socks and heated gloves and everything else. Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you appreciate my pain. <laughs> I know you're completely sincere when you wish me luck when I'm heading into minus 10 degree weather. And <laughs> We are. <laughs> I know. Especially I know. like, you know, when the Vikings were having to play at the University of Minnesota oh, the last couple of years. Yes, yes, literally. Um, it was seven degrees and the wind chill was minus 10, minus 11. I, I really almost didn't make it back to New Orleans from that game. Seriously. Fair enough. Anytime <laughs> that you want to tell David, myself, or Chris Myers to toughen up, we will... Take heat. I'm sure you will. Can I get that in writing? <laughs> yeah, Y'all all heard it. Y'all all heard it. It's officially on the record yeah, that's now. That's right. Daniel's got <laughs> it right there. All right. All the best this weekend. Don't forget, catch Jen this weekend for the Jaguars and the Panthers. Oh, yes. She'll have a, quite a handle on the NFC South for us as this goes along. Um, we'll see if that division is any better than it was a year ago. I think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be confident, at least, at least leading into week one. Right? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Yep. Sean. We'll be right back. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Hey, before we wrap up today's Black and Blue Report and give you a taste of what's to come tomorrow, um, I did want to pass along some Pelicans game entertainment information for you. I'm, I know a lot of you who have been to the games uh, easily notice the enthusiastic, energetic group of young people that basically assist with everything. Uh, that surrounds the game, whether it be launching T-shirts, assisting Pierre, uh, helping set up for timeouts, and either whether it be a skit or a contest or whatever. Look, that group is called the Swoop Troop, um, and you can identify them by their Adidas gear that they wear, the Adidas uh, sweatpants, the Swoop Troop T-shirt, uh, and by their unbelievable um, charm, I think is the right word for it, because... Uh, some of them are extremely athletic, and you'll see them doing backflips and all kinds of things, and, and others are just charming enough to be able to interact with our fans in a very special way. Look, auditions for that group, and this is a fun group to be a part of, are coming up. Swoop Troop auditions begin uh, on September the 12th with registration at 1 o'clock. So registration from 1 to 2, the audition begins at 2 o'clock, athletic attire, non-marking sneakers, you know the whole deal. And really, keep this in mind, this is 18 years or older, okay? So a lot of, I think a lot of the members of the Swoop Troop over the years have been primarily, I think, college students. 
for the most part. But uh, you get the idea. Again, that's September the 12th. That'll be here uh, on campus at the Pelicans practice facility. Again, uh, you must be 18. You also must also be a high school graduate. Um, if you are in school um, with regard to college and whatnot, uh, they would like you to provide a copy of your fall schedule, um, which I think is smart. And um, you must have housing in or around the New Orleans area and reliable transportation. There, there's more information at pelicans.com. So go there if you have interest in this or you have a friend or relative that may want to be a part of uh, a really key piece of the game night experience at Smoothie King Center. All right, with that being said, uh, we are going to wrap up today's Black and Blue Report. Thanks again to Nick Underhill from The Advocate. We had yet to have him on, um, and so I'm glad we were able to get him on for the first time. Jen Hale, too. Uh, she's a, such a fantastic piece of our organization, especially, you know, obviously on the Pelican side with Fox Sports New Orleans, but um, her uh, her ability to represent us as a uh, organization, as a city, as a part of the NFL on Fox broadcast team is pretty cool, too. And so we're always appreciative of when she can stop by. I hope that she has a great time this weekend, although Jacksonville is just not one of my favorite stops. Anyway, we'll get Jen Hale and that crew weeks two and three for the uh, those uh, two Saints games, starting with Tampa Bay at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome week two. Coach Payton is scheduled to speak again like he did today via conference call tomorrow at 8.30 a.m., so we'll recap some of that like we did today on the Thursday Black and Blue Report. We also have Kevin Burkhart from the NFL on Fox scheduled for tomorrow. Kevin uh, is calling the game on Sunday at Arizona. That's the uh, that's Kevin Burkhart and John Lynch, I think, is on that crew, and Pam Oliver. That's the number two Fox crew. Kevin's been with us before. He'll be kind enough to join us tomorrow. Um, I have a feeling you're going to like our other guests tomorrow, too, but I want to hold off on saying who that is uh, just yet. But if you have been a... Uh, dedicated follower of the Black and Blue Report. You know what we like to do on Thursdays during the regular season. All right, so with that, we will say goodbye, and um, and uh, I'll leave you with one more Pelicans note. Got a glimpse of Ryan Anderson and Drew Holiday both today uh, who are in for voluntary workouts. Uh, I think you're going to be very pleased with the progress they've made over the summer, and that's outstanding, and we'll effort to have them on our program here in the next, if not this week, uh, coming up next week. With that, have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for the podcast concerning Pelicans and Saints. Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.